Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Welcome back to the 23 Personnel Podcast, episode 181. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. The search continues for an offensive coordinator. We are without one in the Texas tech football program. And, uh, we're, we're going to do our best to walk through all of that madness and, and get onto some basketball and whatnot. How are you, man? Well, first I'd say the switch has begun. I mean, I, you could say it, it continues because I guess he was technically fired like 36 hours ago, but, um, yeah, like we're going to, we're going to chop up the, the offensive coordinator search and then end it with a statement saying, it may just be like, Hey, we just wasted all that time talking about all of it. Um, we will obviously get to, to basketball. We've got a big game this week. Michael, I don't know if you looked at the schedule, big game on I Thursday. Did. I happened to notice, I happened to notice that the Jayhawks, I believe are headed this way. Yep. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about next Tuesday's game against Oklahoma because it will be happening at the time that we're recording. So, We'll got, we got a preview this week. Um, and then we will get to the rest of football. So we'll go football, basketball, football. Um, wrap up. I guess look, look a little bit at, at uh, signing day, which is Wednesday. Um, so all of our takes tonight will be rendered useless by the time that you hear this because, yeah, that's how recruiting works. But then we'll, we'll look at the... That's also the expiration date on our takes for the most part. <laughs> the, but, but by the time you hear it, they've already expired. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get that. Uh, it's like the COVID vaccine, which I, I, oh. had, I had some experience with today. And not that I received it, but my organization received it. I'm getting ready to start administering it. Apparently, at room temperature, it's good for two hours. So did they just bring them in a bunch of Yetis or what? Basically just a ton of Yeti ramblers with little (laughs) syringes in them. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the shelf life of room temperature COVID vaccine is about the shelf life of our, our takes two hours. (laughs) Um, but we'll look at around the rest of the big 12, get to your questions. And then what we learned, if you want to follow us throughout the week during games, you can check out the shows, not Instagram. Well, yeah, you can, you can show the, you can follow the show's Instagram. Um, you go to Instagram and then search 23 personal podcasts. But if you're looking to follow us a little more up to the minute 
Twitter is where you can find us at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts suck two S's there and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can pick up your 23 personnel podcast, merch, t-shirts and hoodies. Help us keep the lights on. The Rob Bro College Tailgate Show has come to an end for us 23 personal podcasters. Now, he has extended the invitation for us to go on the uh, the basketball preview show that he's going to be doing um, on Saturday mornings with he and Clint. Uh, we will be partaking of that as we can. Um, I know he invited me to come out on Thursday to do a Kansas-specific show. May do that. But what time is that? Do you know? I think he said three. <laughs> okay. I never actually knew what time this the show was. And y'all may have mentioned it, but I I, I sure missed it. So okay, so look for that. You Thursday know, afternoon. Yes. Uh, Clint is a Kansas fan. So this will be a tech fan and a Kansas fan breaking down the game. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, if, definitely tune in if you can on, on Thursday. If you were listening to the Rob Bro College Delegate show this past Saturday morning, he joined us. He and Rob went off onto some Kansas basketball for a hot minute. I was like, yeah, I've got nothing to add here. <laughs> I wouldn't have either. I noticed that. I thought, you know, Spencer's pretty quiet. I bet he's probably catching up on whatever 11 a.m. game kicked off. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Michael, what we didn't miss? What's that? Football returning. That happened. Is it back? It happened. Football's back. It's actually in full effect. With oh my gosh, many teams, many teams starting their stuff. You might are not done. Oh, no, strutting their stuff. Okay, <laughs> Texas Tech may be done. There are many teams that are still in play for a bowl game. Many NFL teams that are are crushing it. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to bet online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Michael, let's, um, you know what? We're going to need a very specific intro music. I'll have to chop up like in a hurry, but we need some carousel music to get into our next topic. Coaching carousel. I could just play. <laughs> you just play the that o- good? Oklahoma State fight song. <laughs> That's like a carousel, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much. So Monday morning news was rumbling and breaking that Matt Wells was going. Well, no, sorry. The, the, I guess the first thing we heard was that there will be resolution today, and we're like, oh, yes. Well, here we go. And then about lunchtime came out and said, Matt Wells and Texas Tech have separated from, we're sorry, that's, that's not the right way to say that. Matt Wells has relieved David Yost of his offensive coordinator duties effective immediately. He's like, oh, that's the way we're going with this. Of all the yeah. possibilities. <laughs> well, that's what we decided it, to do. You know, back to, back to what we've said before. And I think I was more, you were more ready to just kind of relinquish the whole, the the whole uh, staff there. But I think I was more on the, you know what? I mean, at the very least, 
they should get rid of Yost and probably Tomerdahl. And now that it's at least one of those things has happened, why do I hate it? Why so, does this still feel like the wrong thing, Spencer? So I'm I'm pretty sure you were you that was a direct quote of what I said probably a week or so ago on the podcast. We just have to get rid of Yost. <laughs> well, Tom Rodol sucks too. too. Was, we need to get rid of I those was there guys. With you. I think you were more into the you, you know let's get let's just scrap it all. But I was still kind of thinking, okay, maybe that's a good idea, but. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Wells is going to stick around. So I was talking myself into it. So, and now that it's happened, we're all like, well, this sucks. Why did you do that? What was, what was the, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. play in here. I, I, I have some theories. The reason why we, I think we may hate it is because of just the, the absolute sub-zero volume decibel silence that came out of the fourth in university offices for nine days. I mean, I know that COVID was a, was a plan and I'm sure that was part of what delayed it, but they could have said that. That was, that was something that you know, I mentioned on Twitter, just, you know, why would, why did it take so long for anything to come out? And people said, well, there was COVID or people said, well, there was, uh, you know, there's a board of regents meeting. And I thought, well, those would have been great things to announce or say, or even pretend we're going on, you know, Hey, we've got a BOR reading meeting where we're going to, you know, the, the football program will be discussed. We'll bring this up and talk about things later or, or as, um, I think it was Rob who brought it up on y'all's show because I missed it. I'm, I was unable to go on Saturday on the show that just said, hey, maybe just, hey, Coach Wells, wishing you the best. Yeah, there was nothing you know, about him. like Nothing, nothing. Hey. The Coach Wells and staff, the, so many people tested positive that they completely shut down all the football facilities. Not a peep from Texas Tech about that, about, uh, you know, Hey, you know, we just we're just most concerned with our staff and our players right now, and you know we'll we'll visit with our fans afterwards or that once things are clear. Like as, <laughs> just anything that would have been like the perfect cover of hey, we don't want to talk about this right now. It's like we're gonna allow our coaching staff the chance to to recover and heal up before we talk about their their future employment with the university. Yeah, before like, we evaluate wait the season everyone's going to not have COVID and we would have all gone okay all right I yeah, mean but they didn't which means like to me it says I think that was, that's it that that wasn't that wasn't the plan that wasn't what they were doing but had somebody put two two seconds of thought into it be like hey like 
that may not have been the plan, but it's a reasonable air quotes excuse that we can put out there for why there's been radio silence for nine days. When the solution you came up with is firing an OC, that is not a nine day decision. That is a Sunday afternoon. Turns out we're parting ways with Yoast. Bye. Well, that's not and, nine and days. It, and on top of that, it, it's a, the way it was framed in the press conference goes against what we oh. heard through rumors and message boards and whatnot. So anyone listening, take this with a grain of salt. We had heard that Wells was initially approached with the idea of firing Yoast and was very much against it and did not want to do it. Which and then that's fine. Like he, he can have that stance. He can be loyal to his guys because that's that's his guy. Yeah. He got him to move across the country to come to Lubbock. I mean, it's I get it. And he is someone who he makes decision, he sticks to hell with it. Yep. As long as he possibly can. So rather than you know, that's that was a rumor. Who knows? So it really surprised me. I kind of had that in the frame of my mind this whole time. So it surprised me when Hoka announced that Wells came to him on Friday, December, what was that? The 12th or the 11th. Anyway, came to him Friday in their zoom call, which is the first time they'd actually communicated and brought that to the table saying that he was, Wells was considering making the change at offensive coordinator and then confirmed it when they met in person over the weekend. And I thought that, Okay, sure. We're talking about message boards, people talking to somebody's third cousin's pool boy or whatever. And and it just doesn't always make sense, but it fit with what we know about Wells, about how he can be extremely stubborn and pretty loyal from what I can tell. So I was surprised to see that about face. And then apparently the suggestion came from him. What do you think of that? Do you think there's any truth to that on either side of, of that completely? I can't, well, I can't see Hocut lying, but. Well, so here's the thing. Hocut said he didn't have any like official communication with Wells until that Friday, right? Yes. So you're telling me that in year two of winning four games, back-to-back years, that you don't speak to your head coach with rumors swirling about his job security for eight days following the end of the season. You, you, you just give him the week off. You're like, enjoy. Rest up. It, it has not. With, without saying that, because obviously he didn't, he said, I've not <laughs> communicated with him. I don't. That's the thing. Th- that's the part that Say doesn't make it. any sense. Like, there's that. There's also the. Tell us the the message board rumors but that that were substantiated by the people that run those message boards that said i've got on good authority that there was a players and ad meeting on monday and the results of that meeting were unfavorable towards the coaching staff that you know co-cut had left that pretty steamed about something but then in this press conference he says nope i ain't talking to anybody like what? Well, I mean, <laughs> who do you believe there? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, like the timeline that doesn't make sense. The, the resolution 
while something that a lot of us had called for, I think we had moved past this as a possibility. We're looking for 18 other different scenarios. It doesn't make sense looking back at it like, okay, so of all the things that went wrong this year, you're going to try to replace the offensive coordinator. Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, and I had sold myself completely on the idea. I was completely in belief of the, Wells is going to go down with the ship of mm-hmm. he's not going to fire his bud. He's not going to fire his friend. He's going to make tech fire him or whatever. Right after the and sunset with a $9 million buyout, you just be like, sure, I'll land somewhere else. Bye. I'll be fine. And so that was, that was kind of what I had in my head of what was going to happen. So it was just really, <laughs> and that's my own fault. That's my own fault for believing something that I don't know for a fact took place. But I thought, okay, well, that means this is going to be a huge change. There's a huge dust up. There's a lot of wheels turning. There's all sorts of stuff happening right now. And no, none of it. I I do think the offense was definitely a problem. I mean, we've we've talked about that before. I, I looked up some numbers today. This is the lowest scoring offense since 2000. Uh, is 29.1 points per game. I think it was right at 25 and change in 2000. That was the lowest that tech has been in this 21 year span. But like um, in that, in that 21 year span, they've averaged 36 points per game. And this year it was 29. Yeah. So like looking back at offenses in 2000 kind of feels like the inflation of the dollar, like 25 points doesn't sound all that, <laughs> all fair. that low. Um, <laughs> But like, man, the second lowest point total in 20 years was Mike Leach's first year 20 years ago. Yeah. And the other big thing that I just wanted to bring up was the third down percentage, 37% conversion rate on third down that almost two out of every three third downs ended up in either a fourth down, you know, Let's let's hope Sir Roderick can make up the last six yards because it was almost always a third and long, or a punt, or a missed field goal, or you know any number of terrible scenarios. So I think that was the huge point for me. The points, you're right. You can kind of explain points a little bit based on, and just because Tech scored 45 points per game with Mahomes, that doesn't mean that they have to do that every single year. And it doesn't mean that they have to do it moving forward, but the offense just felt so inept at times. And it just, the, 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 when you knew that you hit third down and it was third and five, you just, you just lost hope. <laughs> it, it was just not going to be a conversion. Yeah. I mean, it was almost as automatic as, as knowing that on third down, you were going to get a, a, a draw when Neil Brown was offensive coordinator here. Yeah. Um, set up the punt. You've got to set up the <laughs> got to set position for the punt, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So the, the offensive coordinator job is going to be one that's going to be tricky to fill, right? Because you've got um, a coach that has maybe a year's left of grace left. You don't, you know, you don't, you're not going to see a coach come to this point with the program, with the AD, with, with the, the support and get multiple years to, to turn it around. 
Um, so you're going to have to find somebody that has the, the confidence to come in and install a new system or install a system that'll make significant um, and meaningful changes in just one, one season or just be gone. Um, so you need somebody that's like an up and comer that like wants to jump up to the power five level or that's more like a head coach in waiting type, like associate head coach. Um, so there are a lot of names that have been thrown around. Um, we're not going to go through and give our, our take on all of them. Just, just a handful. Obviously one that like, gets brought up a lot is Graham Harrell, uh, out at USC. The problem is, or not the problem, but the rumor was that even he was expecting this head coaching vacancy to open up and he wanted that job. So, him being offered the offensive coordinator position, which could be a thing would seem like a, a step down from his expectations. Right. And we just kind of talked about like how our expectations started off as fire Yost and then got to somewhere else. And then we got back to fire Yost and we're like, that's not what I wanted. He may have originally <laughs> yeah. wanted to come and, and be the offensive coordinator at Texas tech, but with the carrot kind of, dangling of, Hey, this may be a head coaching position that, that you would be a top candidate for. Now we need you to come in and be an offensive coordinator for one year. And he may not do that. He's also making like $1.2 million as the OC out there. I don't think we've paid a million dollars to our coordinator ever. Like I think no 600,000, maybe the max. So like he's doubling up whoever we've ever like the most we've ever paid for one. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, David Gibbs was making like four seventy five. Yeah. I think Gibbs was one of the higher ones that, that I remember. Um, I, I can't remember. I think, I think Patterson and Yost were doing pretty well. Weren't they, aren't they doing, weren't they doing five or six? Maybe, but like you'd have to offer at least a million to Harold to make it oh, like, sure. you know, so there's that cost um, of living though. It's a lot <laughs> cheaper to live in Lubbock than. In Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, so he's, he's already kind of in that position where his head coaching, his head coach, uh, is kind of in a weird spot. Like they may not be at USC all that long, but he's still pretty well positioned to get a, a promotion out of this whole deal. Um, another former tech quarterback, uh, Garrett Riley was the offensive coordinator at SMU, uh, Lincoln Riley's younger brother. Um, he was a walk-on at Tech, uh, a lot like Lincoln. He transitioned into coaching fairly quickly. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu 
slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Um, and it's been really good. But the question I have for an offensive coordinator for an air raid guy is like, well, how much are they actually like, how much offensive coordinating are they doing for a coach like Dykes? Like, is that like Eric Morris as the offensive coordinator under Kingsbury? Like, was was he doing much? Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. I, I don't or know. Kevin Johns or, um, so there's that, like, there are a lot of, of, of people that throw out the name of, of Sonny Cumbie. Um, I think it's mostly because he used to coach here, uh, and he was a Texas tech quarterback. But if you look at performance wise at, at a TCU, there's nothing really there. You would be like, Hey, why don't you come be our offensive coordinator for a year? Um, a couple other guys, though, I think after game one this year, everybody saw Kitley and, and the HBU offense. And they were like, oh, we, 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 this guy's an up, up and comer. Um, he just signed on to be the offensive coordinator at Western Kentucky. But I mean, if he's he fits that mold of a guy that I think would that may be willing to take a one year gig at a power five school to prove himself to make that big jump to go from basically FCS to a, a lower level group of five uh, and then get poached away by a power five school. Uh, it would make also make sense for him to come back to Texas tech. You know, he was a GA here under Kingsbury. He's been the offensive coordinator at Houston Baptist for a couple of years. Dad is obviously the track coach. Um, so there's that. You know, it would be more like a, a Chris Beard situation if we hired him away from Western Kentucky uh, that, you know, he shows up out there, um, doesn't really get a chance to do anything for that school before Texas Tech hires him away. Um, and then another couple of names that I've heard that I, I just want to have mentioned. Um, Andrew Souter, who's the offensive coordinator at Kent State. I don't know if you've been keeping up with anything that they've been doing. Um uh, Tuesday night. I have not. Maction is a thing. No. So their, their, their offense has been, um, been really good in, in terms of like total yards. I think they put up like 615 yards a game. Uh, and it's like fairly evenly split between rushing and passing. So they're like, they're putting up nearly 300 yards each per game, scoring something like 50 points a game. Um, Souter is actually originally from shallow water. So like basically coming home, uh, went to, to Baylor and then coached, um, 
at West Texas A&M and then uh, a bunch of places with the head coach that's now currently at Kent State. Like I think they were at Bowling Green for a couple of years. Um, and then there's Matt Storm, who is the offensive coordinator at Stephen F. Austin. Also done really well. Um, he's coached at, again, West Texas A&M, uh, San Jose State, I think is on one of those stops. It, it may have been for Souter. Anyways, there are a couple of names that we've heard that could be considered. I have no idea what Wells is looking for. Um, obviously, the other possibility is already on your staff. And Wells is yeah. brother Luke Wells. Um, I don't like that. <laughs> I know. And that's, that's something I just stumbled across. I don't want to cause a controversy or anything, but I was doing a little research on Luke Wells and I knew that he was the co OC at Utah state for a few years. Yeah. Four years. And yeah. I think for four. And, um, but he was relinquished of his co OC duties before they left by his own brother. So his last couple of years, he went back to inside receivers. I think tight ends coach. Um, I think he was co-OC from 13 through 16, but something caught my eye. I was just kind of looking into him a little bit today. Didn't get into stats or anything because this is really just kind of a long shot, but who knows? Wells did mention in October, I think Nick Saban had been diagnosed with COVID or that may have been the false alarm or whatever it was. And so Don Williams with the Lubbock AJ asked him about kind of how things would go if certain coaching staff was diagnosed with COVID at tech. And I'll just read the whole thing. Should Wells have to miss a game for a COVID-19 positive this season? He said Patterson makes sense to take over because the veteran DC already coaches from field level Were Patterson unavailable linebackers coach Kevin Cosgrove would call the defense. If offensive coordinator, David Yost has to stay home some Saturday Tight ends inside receivers coach Luke Wells would call plays. So he was already kind of set up as the second in line OC. Yes. So I just thought, you know, let's throw that out there in case this is the solution. That way it doesn't come completely out of the blue. Um, At least he's got some experience and he's familiar with He's he's he was trained well enough to be able to call plays if he needed to on short moment notice. I don't like it either, but I thought we'd throw that out there too. Yeah, it's one but of those. I, I was say, it, yeah, go ahead, man. One of those possibilities that like, like it just feels like like it would be the easy move for for yeah uh, Matt Wells to make um, to it promote does. your brother that's already on staff because. The, uh, one of the other considerations you have to think about when you're hiring an OC in this situation is typically you want the OC to have some say in his position coaches, right? The only position coach right. that may be up for grabs for this OC may be offensive line. Um, you know, when you consider I like... You, I don't you, think you'd want to get rid of Filani. Right. So like Filani is considered to be one of your top recruiters. Uh, and, and obviously he was a super successful receiver here at tech himself. Um, Luke Wells isn't going anywhere as the brother of of the head coach. The head coach. Yeah. The OC is not going to come in and fire the head coach's brother. The, the running backs coach has a kid that plays on the team that may be competing for 
some playing time at, at, at quarterback. And coach is possibly the best unit on the entire team. Yeah. Like, so you're, you're outside there's receivers no coach. There's no reason to get rid of, of Smith. Yeah. You're outside receivers coach is pretty insulated. Your in, inside receivers coach is untouchable. Running's back coach is pretty insulated. Like I, I feel bad for farmer. He's like the one guy kind of left dangling out there. Um, as a position coach that could just be like replaced because the uh, off, new offensive coordinator wants to make a change. So all of that kind of like, well, I mean, it would kind of make sense to hire Luke Wells to do that then. Right. Yeah. Cause you I, don't have I, to, it's, it makes sense. It's not the craziest thing. Cause he's, he's already tied to Wells. You don't have to convince him to come in here and say, you've only got one year. Well, it's like, well, if Matt Wells is leaving, Luke Wells is leaving. Uh, and they were going to probably go together to their next stop. Um, you don't have to, to spend a lot of money to get him. I mean, he's already there. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, Just be reshuffling the deck, which is already kind of what we're doing anyway. I, you you would you would still need you need, need to hire another position uh, coach and like, and, and maybe it would be a quarterback's coach or, or maybe, you know, you, you, you get Luke Wells to to transition over to quarterback's coach and, and give up inside receivers and tight ends and hire one of those guys. Um, and there was another point I was going to make, but yeah, it's like in terms of ease, like if, if I'm Matt Wells, like Luke Wells has to be up there, right? I think so. And that, that kind of gets to one of the questions I had, which was you know, who would take on this job? I, I think, I think we've covered one aspect. One of the who's would be someone who's already there. Uh, someone who's directly related to the head coach, someone who has some offensive coordinating experience and someone who could, uh, you know, would, would be able to maintain the staff they already have. I don't know who takes this job unless it's, a young up and comer who's trying to prove himself someone like a Kitley could possibly do that. Uh, but you know, Harold's not trying to prove himself anymore. He basically has, he's at USC yeah, and they're undefeated. Um, I, I don't I, think I, Riley or, or Cumbie fit that mold either. No, Cumbie's and Cumbie's been still, he's still trying to prove himself after, I don't know, 30 years <laughs> at TCU with, very, very varying degrees of success on offense. Souter, so I, I, yeah, it's, yeah, I, like comes in. I mean, someone with like a checkered past needing a second chance. Briles, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the, that kind of thing gets floated around, whether you're thinking Briles or not. But just someone who's got some skeletons in the closet or hasn't coached for a few years. I, I, someone desperate, <laughs> basically. So or you know, this is, a, this is someone, a bad position to be in. Why did I think this was a good idea, Spencer? Why did I think, <laughs> oh, well, we'll just get rid of Yost and it'll be fine. It's it's not. That was a bad idea. Bad. Why did I think that was bad, okay? Spencer? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Because like you, you look around and, and other other programs that are making changes at the head coach. And um, I look at Auburn specifically, like they're paying Gus Malzahn more than $21 million to not be their coach. 
So like the the optimism is like, well, he doesn't need money this year. Like he, he may be on, on board to be an offensive coordinator for a year while he he finds a another more desirable head coaching position open up. That could be a fun year, but like a fun year of transitioning from an air raid style offense <laughs> to Malzahn's offense. It's not going to go over well in just one year. Um, well, it's kind of like that. Wasn't there that UT defensive guy who was who, who was going to come to Tech? Todd Orlando. Yes, that's right. He was going to come to Tech because that that whole like staff a, got fired. As like an analyst. <laughs> yeah, just kind of as a dude, and then he got an actual real paying job and said adios. Yeah. Okay, everybody, sports fans, the wait is finally over. Still finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Support for the 23 Personnel Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished-for gift of the year. Manscaped, the best in men's below and above-the-belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas, not your nice. Tis the season to perform. You're in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening a tractor box that says, your balls will thank you, with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? The bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Dads can't stop talking about this. Teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all the Manscaped Performance Package. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, and crop reviver, ball toner, to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Give the performance package now and receive two free gift sets, two free gifts, Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. I, I don't know. I don't see who this attracts. Um, you know, just a couple of other things I wanted to mention. You and I, we don't care if it's an air raid. I don't think an air no. raid is a must have. I, I think an effective offense is good. <laughs> I think probably more than 29 points a game is ideal. I think that was still... I forgot what that was. I, I'm going to look and see what that was. Um, the, the, like, no, I don't think air raid is a must have, but I think you're almost kind of tied to it for this next season, just for continuity's sake, because with, 
literally likely only one year available. You're not going to make a wholesale change in offensive philosophy. You're not bringing in the guys from coastal Carolina to run your offense. Um, yeah. Although it could kind of work with, with our three running backs. Well, yeah. If you run Donovan Smith and the three running backs, you, you might have a pretty good little, uh, force them to kind of build around. But no, I was like, I mean, it almost feels like you're, you're, you're tied to it for this year just because like you need somebody that can just tweak on what you have improve, uh, bring in just, you know, a little bit of innovation to what's now a 20 year old offensive system that apparently people around here still love to, to have. It's like that there was somebody that said that they wanted somebody to, they wanted somebody brought in on offense as innovative as Mike Leach was like, you think the air raid is innovative 20 years after it's been created and no changes have been made to it. Like if Let me the, tell you what's innovative. The quadruple option. That's what's innovative. I mean, it's, a, it's almost the identical to what it was 20 years ago. Like Mike Leach is not the, the beacon of innovation as he may have been seen 20 years ago. But like I said, I, I, I think you're, you're probably, you're, you may be stuck to it just because of continuity sake, just bringing in somebody that can, that can tweak on what you have to make it better than making wholesale changes. Um, if, and when Wells and staff are let go, that's when I think you'd be like, okay, it doesn't have to be air raid. You can, you can go get whoever you want. Uh, and then build around that. The other thing that, that everybody seems to want is a tie to Texas tech. And that's not necessary. I agree. I, I think that's, that's kind of a feature, but not something to completely build your, your house around. Uh, we saw how that worked with, with Kingsbury, even though Hoka built him, built him a very shoddy house. Um, just kind of told the, the kid to just go for it. Good luck. Or the guys that know he, when, when, uh, yeah, yeah. Let me know when you, um, when you have a good defense and then whatnot. But anyway, it just, it, it doesn't matter to me. It, tech ties don't matter. The actual offense, it matters to the point of, I want an offense that's effective. I want an offense that scores the football. I want, you know, just to sound like an analyst saying the national football league or whatever. So let's score the football guys. That's, that's really what we want. We, we don't want three and outs. We don't want play calling. That's just suspect at best running a, a screen on a, on another third and seven. That's not going to work. Throwing outs all day randomly in a, with a quarterback who's 50% on the day for no reason. Nothing makes sense, but let's just keep doing it anyway. Let's, let's try two quarterbacks. Let's have two quarterbacks that seem completely different. And then their stats end up being exactly identical. Um, it, you know, I, I, I really, this, this sounds kind of weird to say, but the offense itself aside from refusing to do anything other than 11 personnel, that's a, that's a huge beef because and not using the tight end. Like you, you, you tied a your glorified run blocker. You tied yourself to having a tight end on the field every play and then had two targets a game. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, you know, there was that one great touchdown. That was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> I, I so felt for Koontz on that, but we were dude, also could, down by a shovel pass. I mean, it was, there's just different things <laughs> yeah. going on there. So, to, to talk about how much the tight end is important and how featured it is and how he'll be on the field for every snap and then 
never use him as a weapon on offense. That that blew my mind. But what do you think? And and we should probably move on after this because I know that it's <laughs> we're already going too far. Go talk about some basketball. Uh, what did you think of the offense in general? I didn't hate it. The 11 personnel was the thing I probably hated the most. I didn't like the screen passes. I just thought he called them way too much and they were, it got really predictable, but this offense, I think the play calling was almost more suspect than the actual offense, which kind of leads me back to the, well, what about Luke Wells thing? That could be a selling point that, Wells would try to sell Hoka that, okay, well, we'll just keep the same offense. We've got good players for this offense minus a big time wide receiver that we'll get to later or inside receiver. But what did you think of the offense in general? Just play calling taken out of the equation. I I don't know if we've ever just flat out asked that. (laughs) I liked the progress we were seeing on the rush offense side of things. Um, one of those things where we felt like you had talented running backs. They were usually effective on the ground most weeks. Um, it didn't feel like you ever abandoned the run for long stretches of time inexplicably. Um, it did feel pretty balanced this year. I, I agree with that. Um, the the wide receiver screen blew my mind. All the check down swing passes blew my mind. Um I don't know if it was a coaching point or a, 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 a offensive philosophy point, but like one of the things that drove me absolutely crazy was all, like on third down, you throw the ball to a receiver who cut his route off one yard short of the <laughs> line to get the game. Yeah. That, yeah, that feel- did happen quite a bit. <laughs> and I, I I've said that like five or six times and, and, and you're, you're all tired of hearing about that, but like, that's an easy fix to make. You bring that up in, in, in weekday practice. Like guys, when you line up on third and five, you can see how far you have to go. Like the sticks are right in front of you. You're actually closest run past the sticks. Like if, <laughs> if your route usually is a four yard hitch and it's third and five run it five yards, take an extra step. I don't know that there was that. Um, and then just like, I, I don't know if, if he, the, the Titans you, you had just weren't very good at catching the ball or they just weren't seen as a, as a receiving threat, but like it, like we've said it, you just felt like you're wasting a position out there. You, you could have had another inside receiver out there or another running back out there uh, and done more things with that 11th player on the field. Um, I'm not mad at having a tight end on, on the field. I love it. No, I, I, I mean, <laughs> flashbacks of Jason Morrow just always flashed in my head. I, I, I really enjoy seeing, a, a, an extraordinarily large and somehow extremely athletic man catch a football. Yeah. And then like r- run away from people. Like, how are you that and fast? Run over, run over people. You yeah. know, if they catch one in the backfield, heaven forbid, good luck. I mean, it, it's just, I, I enjoy it, but it was very frustrating to see that so underutilized all year, all both years. So, I, I mean, maybe Luke Wells as offensive coordinator, we were like, I want to feature my guys. 
I want to feature the inside receivers and tight ends more. <laughs> That's there you go. So you're selling. I'm, you're I'm, selling I'm, it. I've talked myself into this as the possible, <laughs> the most likely possibility, and I, I don't like it. I don't either. But I, I, I mean, just I would not at all be surprised about it. Oh man. Um. So yeah, like the uh, the other thing that I, I have a hard time like justifying is like David Yost was successful everywhere he had been. Like in terms of like having a good resume, like he was the guy between he and Patterson. You're like, well, we know we're good with Yost. What the heck are we doing hiring Keith Patterson as, as defensive coordinator? Yeah. Who's, who's this guy? You, Two years I, later, I, we're I like, agree. why is, why does David Yost have a power five coaching job? So it's like, I, I don't know how to reconcile. Like he had success everywhere else he had been except here. Like what gives? Because a lot of it felt like it was play calling. Yes. And, and maybe, maybe that had to do with like his confidence level and the talent he had here that he felt he was kind of hamstrung into certain calls or certain philosophies or certain corners of his little playbook. I don't know. So like I said, I, I didn't hate his offensive philosophy. I just hated how much, whether it was he or Bowman checked down to throw to the flat to the running back um, or those wide receiver screens that weren't really ever blocked too successfully. <laughs> right. So, okay. All, all that being said, 42 minutes later, <laughs> does firing the offensive coordinator at this point actually mean anything? Does it matter? Is it going to provide any kind of meaningful change. And like I said, when we kind of teed it up, we're going to say all this and then basically say, we just waste all that time. I'm going to say, no, I, I think December 15th, 2021, we are in the middle of a head coaching search. What do you think? It's top of your head right now, next year, three, four or five wins. What are you kind of leaning on? Four. Yeah. I, that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm at four again. Um, I don't think Baylor's going to be as bad as they were this year. I think Kansas will still be terrible. And then, there's two, and then probably two non-conference wins, assuming you play at 12 game schedule. Still don't know how Tech beat West Virginia this year. That was a weird game. Neil Brown, man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but yeah, he totally lost the game. He should have won. Yeah. We've, we've seen that. We have seen that firsthand. Okay. So, so what do you think? D does making a change offensive coordinator now, is it going to mean anything? I mean, it could, but I don't think it's going to save wins. anybody's, I don't think it's going to save anybody's job next year. I, I, I think what it could do is um, it it's just such a it's just such a place for for Wells and company to be in to try to figure out who's going to come in here and just basically be a mercenary for a year knowing that the writing's either on the wall or they're somehow going to win six games and go to a bowl game and then this guy that just came on for a year is, Oh, okay. All right. Well, 
Now can I make some staff changes? Is it okay <laughs> if I make staff changes now? Uh, I don't see a whole lot changing. I think hopefully the third down percentage will help. Maybe we won't be as frustrated with play calling, but it's um, it's not a good situation right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it feels like as resigned as we are to, to saying that like this move doesn't feel like it's going to do anything. Like then why didn't you just go ahead and fire Wells? Like firing the offensive coordinator alone is not, that doesn't address all of the issues that you saw with this team. I think we were talking about that a lot that in a COVID year. We're talking about like, well, you gotta, you gotta let him have time to get his, his players in and, 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 and to instill his philosophy and his, his, his culture and all that kind of stuff. Um, but when we looked at why you were losing games, it didn't have to do with talent. It didn't have to do with your philosophy necessarily on the field. It had to do with head coaching decisions. Like, well, you didn't have a do, lot to do with that. Do anything to address head coaching decisions unless you want to draw out this really strange line and say, if the offense were better, that Wells wouldn't have felt the need to make some of these weird harebrained decisions of I have to kick a field goal on second down. I have, but with almost three minutes left, <laughs> I have to kick a, uh, an onside kick no matter the circumstances. I have to give up on my team with a minute and a half left to go before half saying, we're not going to get the first down anyway. So might as well just run out the clock. Does that, does that, I mean, does that change your, your, your confidence in a, in a kicker? that you will go for it on fourth down inside the red zone or you, you'll, you'll, you'll try to kick it. You'll change kickers three weeks too late. I don't know. I wonder if he was, I wonder if he was losing confidence in Yost. Maybe he, maybe he truly was. And maybe he was questioning some of those play calls, but wasn't obviously going to say anything about it. I don't know. Maybe we're giving the guy way more benefit of the doubt that we should, because it's an interesting thought experiment that had the offense been firing on all cylinders, would he have made the same bad decisions time and time again this year with a competent offense and, or a competent play caller that maybe there's something to that, but who knows there, there's no telling it could get better, but I will just have to see the decisions that are made next year and, and see if, if, um, some of these galaxy brain football things still come back to haunt us. Yeah. Speaking of galaxy brain, just really quickly, I want to wrap up the press conference. Um, the, the, the vote of confidence that went around the room. <laughs> yeah. It was a, a, a that, circle uh, vote of confidence that Hokut gave Wells his vote of confidence, which I think you had to do as the guy that you hire, that you've been committed to, that you said was going to bring us back to being elite he kind of painted himself into a corner by using that one word. And he brought it up again in the press conference. He said, we're not elite. We got to get back there. It's like, stop saying elite. Yes. Texas tech is the ninth best team in the conference under your watch. Hokut. We're nowhere near elite. We're not getting there with you so far. And then university president, Lawrence Skuvenek gave Hokut his vote of confidence. And that was like one of the only things he said, like he was at this press conference alongside Hokut, And that was one of the only things he said, 
which yeah. was and, weird. Well, and he was asked directly, I think it was by Collier. Mm-hmm. And uh, Collier was basically, President Skuvenek, you usually aren't here. Why are you here, <laughs> basically? And he said, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> and then just kind of moved on and said something about the confidence, vote of confidence with Kirby Hocutt and how he's a sports fan and some other things. And I thought, yeah, it, I'm glad Collier, Collier asked because it is interesting to see the president of the university on this. Um, so I, I, I'm still waiting in the mail for some sort of vote of confidence from a tech official. I don't know if you've gotten yours yet. I, no. I think they're going around. Maybe, maybe we'll get one from Luke Wells or a grad assistant. Maybe a grad assistant will give the 23 personnel podcast a vote of confidence. Still waiting. Speaking of grad assistants, did you see that um, Chucky Keaton left to go back to Utah, Utah State? I did not see that. Yeah, he was a grad assistant on mm-hmm. the offensive side. Going back to Utah State... All right, buddy, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We decided to break off the basketball and football sections into their own episode. Be sure to catch those in your podcast feeds tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.